everyone. Welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector, Brendan Mecca-Linden. Fellas, I, I don't think... I don't think people liked my cheeseburger takes at all last week. No, they're pretty unpopular. I gotta say, very unpopular. I think I think Greg, our friend Greg, was personally offended. It just um, I feel like people people wanted to pray for us. The um, the, the most offended people, and the, and I and I found this to be the gr- the great irony, which was the funniest part, was bitching about the how regional it was. And, but the people that were bitching about how regional it was were the ones in like sitting in Texas bitching about Whataburger or California bitching about In and Out or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're fucking bitching about your region. Fuck you, Texas. Fuck you. I'm, from, I'm not. I'm not bowing down to that fucking state. Like, I don't care what you say. Fuck you, Texas. No, I think the real fuck you is for California because In-N-Out Burger is the <laughs> most overrated. I I, I think uh, Five Guys is actually pretty good, but um, I think the well, In-N-Out Burger hype is just un- – and their fries are just so trash that – because especially with like Five Guys too, you have to consider that you buy fries and you get you can feed a family of five with them. But you're also taking out a mortgage. You were taking out a mortgage, but you're getting your fries worth, man. You are getting your yeah. fries worth. The basis of my rankings, and you can go find this on the site, maybe not the basis, but at least the rankings themselves, was basically just a cheeseburger. Like these were, this wasn't like, I wasn't ranking fast food joints. I mean, for God's sakes, you know, Taco Bell wasn't on there, neither was Popeyes or anything like that. It was just the cheeseburger you get there, which is why Steak and Shake was so high. Uh, because their Frisco melt is fucking elite. It is the elite of the elites. But you know, I got some. I got some shit, namely from Brendan, yeah. about my my place of McDonald's on the rankings. That trash. That trash sugar burger needs to get now, off the list. It's maybe it's a comfort food thing, and it, uh, just a a McDonald's cheeseburger, or even the you know, or even the McDouble, whatever. But I mean, when you start talking about like the OGs, I only had two OGs on there, White Castle and McDonald's talking about OGs, franchises that have been around for fucking ever. Their cheeseburgers are our comfort food. That's a high ranking, man. When you're when you're struggling in life, I, I there was a meme I saw that I just love. It's like never ne- or something like. Like, never make fun of somebody's fast food choice. You have no idea what that food has got them through in their life. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've seen anything more accurate. Like when you're just yeah. pissed off and depressed or whatever, and you're just you just pull in and for that for a few moments of you eating that trash ass fast food, and it's all all of those places. I don't give a shit what place it is, what place you think is the best. It's all trash ass fast food. But for those few moments, that trash ass fast food is the best friend that you have uh, until you have to go to the restroom. But so don't don't judge. Don't, don't judge too harshly. I said, I said, I said my piece. Uh, I've made I've made my thoughts known. I just have disdain for McDonald's. I guess it's just the, the overarching thing. 
I mean, the pro- the problem is that I live in a small town. I have very few choices in Hicksville. We ha- at one point we had a Hardee's and a McDonald's, and I can tell you which one that I would go to uh, over the other. And then the people were making too much money and decided to split off, and they closed Hardee's down. It was the dumbest reason to ever close a business. Uh, so all that was left was you know McDonald's and like there's there's a Subway as far as like fast food like franchises people would recognize. So all that's left is fast is fucking McDonald's. And so we we just went up hiking up in uh, uh, Pokagon up around Angola hiking and biking on Sunday. And you know we're dead like we did like our legs are about to drop. We need to go get some dinner after this. And ask the kids like what do you want to go eat? What are the what do what do the two boys say? McDonald's. And we're pissed that we would not go to McDonald's. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no. And I had just defended McDonald's cheeseburgers just hours earlier <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I hope everybody's bye week was spent wisely. I hope that... Uh, you did not spend too much time on the toilet from eating all those cheeseburgers. I love the fact that Charlie Weiss's greatest contribution in Notre Dame uh, is kind of like the life uh, is the cheeseburger is the cheeseburger bye week. Next to, of course, Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, but I mean that's not a lot. Li- Jimmy Clausen isn't a lifestyle. Oh, okay. Is, all right. Although he is the I made a- the exception. He's the exception to every rule. I made a uh, leopard cat reference in uh, my last post. Yeah, um, yeah, so reminding, reminding people of the uh, the good old time when Jimmy was so hurt that we decided to uh, give direct snaps to Golden Tate just to see what would happen, and it worked. So, why did not like the name Leopard Cat, which is bullshit? Because that was a great. That's a great. That's name. A great. That's a great name. The and the only better iteration of it was when uh, they had uh, Run DMC and Felix Jones at uh, Arkansas, and they had the um, yes, the leopard hog or no, it was the wild hog, wild <laughs> hog, wild hog, which is which, which is, very is a good. great name for anything, <laughs> except for except for a uh, movie movies. with uh, John Travolta yeah. and uh, Tim Allen, Tim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> See, we're on the same page right there. I mean, just <laughs> be prepared. Uh, so yeah, so now we are, um, it's funny. We were, we were just talking about before we were recording the podcast about it is a, it is a light, it's been a light week. It's been a light two weeks, really. Um, uh, some of that, if you guys didn't know the beat media, at, that is traveling to the game has had a hard on for this. This is why they don't bitch about the Shamrock series. Cause they're like, Oh my God, I get to go to Vegas. Uh, so you won't hear nothing. They're, they're excited to get the hell out, to get out there and be in Vegas and all that stuff. Uh, so it's been pretty quiet, you know, around these parts. Uh, you know, Notre Dame doesn't do their normal stuff. I mean, it's just it's normal bye week stuff, but it just it has felt quiet. Um, maybe that's the two and two start. But I mean, I think a two and two starts pretty fucking loud, right? Like, how is this the quietest two and two start in Notre Dame football history, Jude? I would say so. I mean, the coach isn't at risk of getting fired, so of course it's pretty quiet, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a a good corollary. I mean, I'm not sure. I I asked the question that I don't know the answer to. 
<laughs> I don't yeah. know the answer to it. I just I can't remember a start like this that at, like after those four games, you're two and two. Yeah, and it's it was funny because um you know we do that weekly OFD react survey and people way overreacted to the Marshall thing, which I think a, a lot of us were very bummed about Marshall too. And then way it's very, it's very depressing. And then way uh, recalibrated after <laughs> after the Cal game and um and so there's like this these wild swings were at zero and two. Um, it's like gallows. And now at two and two, it's like, I, you know, could we be, could we be, you know, uh, you know, whatever our record is and two going into, um, Clemson and USC and just like, we're starting to dream big again. Right. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting yelled at for it. Do you guys know when the last two and two start was? No. 2011. I was thinking, I, yeah, 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they lost to South Florida and Michigan, and I tried to give up my Notre Dame fanhood, and I couldn't. I was back there the next week <laughs> watching them play what Purdue or somebody like I that. Mean, or who was the third? Okay, game, so 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 that's a. Would you rather lose to South Florida and Michigan? South Florida at home, Michigan on the road, or Marshall at home? Ohio State on the road. Uh, boy. Um, Oof. I mean, this, I mean, is, this is a better combo, a, right? I think it's Ohio State, Michigan. I think it's Ohio State. Uh, yeah. Marshall, who I'd rather lose to. I Especially just, the way that the, the way that you lost the South Florida game. Ugh. And the way they lost to the Michigan game was as heartbreaking of a loss that I've ever experienced. Yeah. That's about it. That, uh, that, game, that game just does not make sense to me. Like the no. the idea that you were up. What was it? Brennan 24 seven going into the fourth quarter, right? Going into the fourth quarter and just running the ball at will and running the, the fucking ball. Yeah. At will in the first half. And then just being like, mm, yeah, no. Nah. And then the t- Tommy, no, no touch fumble on the, uh, at the five Denard, uh, picking up the, the fumbled at the goal line. That just I believe that was, the, I believe that ball. was the first play of the fourth quarter was Denard fumbling and then well, having the ball bounce to him. Right. Yeah, the yeah. I think the running back fumbled uh, and it bounced back to Denard, who's right there, and he just yeah. scooted. And it right. was just, it was just, it's so depressing that that what could be the single greatest Notre Dame uniform ruined ever ever worn. I know is just is just a a a reminder of it's the, a reminder of pain, pure tragedy that happened that night. You just you, you can't use it for anything. Yeah, like there, there's a ton of pictures from that night and players look great. And I have a hard time using it on with anything because I just, just like I immediately I think Gary Gray. I, can't. I immediately yeah. think Gary Gray or Tommy, Tommy staring at the football as it's floating in the air, not in his hand. That is um, we have as many pictures as we do of like a prom night where you're, you're you found out your girlfriend was cheating on you or something. And you're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. right. I've got a hundred pictures of myself before the pain uh, was inflicted on my soul. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it feels. That's how it feels anytime you look at them, and it sucks because they're just so damn pretty. They're it's so the same pretty. thing with the o, It's the same thing with the O seven jersey though, because that 07 But you know, it's not, no, it's not as bad. It like you knew that was a bad team, awful team. You knew it was a bad team. They had no business even losing that close. USC at 
what was it, 38 nothing, 38-3? I think it was 38 nothing. 38 yeah. nothing, yeah. Yeah, 38 nothing. It, it should have been like 60 to nothing. I mean, I don't have as I don't have as much hardcore feelings about that game because you just knew you were walking into a an ass whooping as it was. That 2011 Michigan game, you fucking had it. You had it. You had it. Not only did you have it, but then you got it back after you blew it with rescoring the touchdown with like what 27 seconds to go, and it was like, oh, well, on to it. We have it. We have it again. It's ours. And then, you know, the hook and ladder play and. Roundtree just, uh, oh, yeah, it was, oh, yes. it was just, it, it, it was pure tragedy. And it was, just, it, it was Michigan. I mean, it's just yep. like, look, I fucking hate USC, but it's just like losing to Michigan always just felt worse because it's fucking Michigan. Well, because their fans like, will chirp because USC yeah. fans don't don't do anything unless USC's in contention for a national title. You don't hear from them, right? It's not like you're going to hear from USC fans anywhere out in the wild because they're well, not out from, in the wild. They're, they're out there right now. They're out there right now, which is unfortunate for them because uh, they're not as good as <laughs> what they're chirping. But right. Yeah, you're right. And, and like Brendan and I, Brendan, especially, you know, the, our proximity too is a lot closer. There's a lot more of them around us at all times. Uh, so, but it, even if I was living in fucking goddamn South Carolina, losing to Michigan would still suck more. Yeah. Cause it's just fucking Michigan. Oh man. Yeah. So that's why we have to beat Syracuse this year because I'm not, I'm just, I can't live in, I yeah. can't live in this area. No, we, you'd have to. You have, have to. Move. We have to bury the the ghost of uh, of uh, Reyes. Walter right? Reyes. Walter, yeah, Walter Reyes. Walter Reyes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny. Yeah, like, every time I every time I tweet about being at a Syracuse game, I always hear from a, a different Notre Dame fan being like, "Oh, Carrier Dome vibes are just so off," and I'm just like, "I agree, <laughs> I agree." But that's why it's it's we got to be like Ghostbusters, come in here and start. Um, eradicating all these this bad juju from this building, and this you know? is such this, a random game. It's such a random game to have know, so to, many memories of. Bitten by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and I think about. I mean, I'll think about that game a couple times every year. It'll I be mean, the last time they ever play. Every time I see the Carrier Dome, it'll be the last time they ever play in the Carrier Dome. I'm surprised they're even playing this one in the Carrier Dome. You're surprised, right, you? First of all, it's the GMA Wireless Dome. So no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's forever the carry dome. No, it's forever. definitely the carry dome. Yeah, I, yeah um, I, I took the family yeah. to the Sears Tower this year. Um, yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the things I wrote about extensively at, at Her Loyal Sons when I worked there and then carried over to, to One Foot Down was just the financial incentives that are the uh, moving this game to a, to a neutral site. Um, you know, Syracuse's um, athletic budget is modest, and when they get offered – you know, $4 million to not play at the carrier dome. They're going to, uh, they're going to take that, you know, 10 times out of 10. Having said that, when Dino Babers was hired, um, he played Notre Dame soon thereafter. And he told a bunch of boosters that he's like, let's play Notre Dame at the damn dome. Um, and so you know, what, the, what the head coach wants and what the, what the athletic director needs are sometimes two different, totally different things. But, um, yeah, I mean this this is great, and then um, they're supposed to redo this again uh, in like I believe two or three years. And so, if they want to play in the damn down again, we'll be ready for them. But uh, Listen, I'm even, just, though, I'm, even though I'm, yeah. 
I, I was just gonna say one more thing. It was like I'm just really excited too that we seem to be Syracuse partner on the home and home for basketball. And so now we're they're building weekends out where the men's basketball team will oh, play yeah. on Saturday and the women's basketball team will play on a Sunday. And so I get to see my two favorite basketball teams in one weekend. Now, it will definitely be the weekend that snows the hardest in all of uh, central New York. That is absolutely <laughs> guaranteed. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's still a good thought. Hey, Jude, can I tell you the next time they're going to play in Syracuse? And this is why they're not going to play in the Dome, because Dino Babers won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> 2029. Was it 29? 29. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they play, uh-huh. they play Cuse in, in 25 at home. And then oh, they home. play. I must have looked at play, that wrong. Yeah. But no, you're not wrong. They play oh, Cuse again in 26, also at home. They get Cuse back to back at home. Oh, back to back at home. That's wild. So at least, I will say this. At least I am glad that they are play, that they are going to the Dome because it it – it is certainly a part of my mantra, which is college games should be played in college stadiums like at all, at any and all costs, however you can do it, which is kind of, uh, I mean, I don't know, I guess this week, uh, UNLV plays at Allegiant, right? That's a college stadium. Yeah. Their name <laughs> plays UNLV, right? But yeah, I mean, like the, the best, the we, best we, atmospheres we are always college, college, college stadiums, uh, preferably on college campuses. Um, but you know, so, Miami. I mean, it, it, it's going to be something different. At least it's not FedEx. So maybe a little strange. Speaking of which, uh, Brennan certainly isn't Yankee stadium. I couldn't help but think of, uh, your wife, Brennan, uh, that she has to, uh, have K- Kenny Pickett as her possible starting quarterback now. She, uh, yeah. Well, there's, she no, that? there's no problem. We're all excited for Pitt. We're all excited for Kenny Pickett. Um, Mitchell Trubisky was not, uh, wasn't our favorite. Wasn't her favorite. Wasn't. So uh, if he has like a, if he's like a four tutty uh, zero interception game next week, uh, are you allowed to wear your pitch shirt around the house or no? No, because you know you have to you have to consider that when they go to the the NFL, all allegiances are null and void as far as the the college universities. Gotcha. Uh, have to be yes. So Troy Polamalu is my favorite NFL player of all time. And oh yeah! Wow. USC Trojan. Yeah. Listen, Clay Matthews, AJ Hawk, as a Packers fan, like as a uh, Packers yeah, fan, I have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, gotta, you gotta swallow it down deep. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, like, Larry, yeah, so funny. It's Larry okay. Foot. I mean, Christy was a big Larry Foot fan. Uh, he's a Michigan guy. Um, so those those allegiances sort of. I, I feel you. Like when I was a kid, my favorite um, Giants player was Jim Burt, who actually went to the University of Miami. But I also really loved Mark Bavaro, who obviously went to Notre Dame. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally uh, I totally get that, that you got to sort of leave that at the doorstep because otherwise you might drive yourself crazy. Yeah, I mean, cheered for Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, there's, uh, there's just too I much, just get, too many moving parts. I just couldn't get uh, Deshaun Kaiser to beat out Aaron Rodgers. I just, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. Oh, shit. Well, hey, let's let's uh, keep this train moving. Uh, look, I just want to remind everybody, we need you. We fucking need you to get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast. And as always, there is a certain type of review, certain type of rating that we like. Brendan, you want to explain what that is? Yeah, we are looking for those uh, earned Julian Love five-star reviews. Captain. Captain Julian Love, 
earned five star reviews. Um, you know, we might come in at a, at a three star initially, but um, you know, over time, <laughs> we earned that fifth star, man, with we, our play on the field. Are, yeah, yeah, we earned it. Uh, poor Julian Love got a concussion, so oh, no. he's been out. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So there, there really is a lot in common with this podcast, and Julian. Love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, couple of reviews here tonight. Uh, uh, first one from Delusional ND fan says earned fi- earned five star. Uh, the four horsemen have returned with Pine, Tyree, Estime, and Diggs. Okay. That's it. That's the review. I don't that's think it. I necessarily disagree. Oh, wow. Look. I I do want to give a shout out to Pine because I don't think what we I don't think we did, but there was two plays. No, we for did sure one one in particular. Uh, Pine on his feet. We gave swift looking we, nifty. We gave credit to because I distinctly remember um, bringing up that third down play because that third down conversion that he picked up with his legs jump started the entire offense. Yes. Yeah. Like that was the catalyst uh, at the start. It of was very Ian book of him. It was very Ian book of him. Yeah. It was a very Ian book kind of run. And that jump yeah. started the whole offense. Got everything going. Well, good. I'll take Ian book. That's not an Ian insult by, by the fucking way I'd kill for Ian book for this year. So uh, yeah. Shout out to, to Pied. Yeah. You're a horseman now, buddy. Uh, especially. I mean, I, I, I can't believe how much I've had to eat a hat uh, you, based off of, based off of the one game we're, you know, we going into North Carolina, like, Oh, we, there was no, there was no digs against Cal. Good. There shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> then, then all of a sudden there's Logan Diggs out there against UNC and he's racking up over a hundred yards. He had more yards uh, combined than, than Tyree did. So, well, he had a double digit run. Um, all right. I, th- I think it was like a 12, 13 yard run. Um, and I, he got banged up on the plane. I think I said at the DMS, cause we were all kind of like, why is he starting this football game? And I was like, well, if that's it, thank you for your services. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He goes up. And he, he has a hell of a game with two big pass. Plays. <laughs> Yeah, none of us were like uh, we're we're feeling too bad about that. And then he's back out in the field like fucking five minutes later. And it's like, huh, catching wheel okay. routes, yeah, yeah. So, all right, yeah, the four horsemen are back. Let's 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 keep it rolling. Uh, then the second one and last one here tonight from Domer nineteen seventy eight. Tariq Bracy five stars. Oof, that's bold and not inaccurate. Excuse me. Uh, great pod. Speaking of superstitions, I've always believed an Irish victory was and is directly related to how well I practice my Catholic faith in the week leading up to the game, which includes refraining from the use of colorful language. Oh, no. I was particularly remorseful for the impact of my behavior on the Irish nation in 2003, 2007, and 2016. <laughs> However, after listening to you guys, I realized my efforts at self-control were utterly useless. My consciousness is here. Marshall, Marshall is on you. Go. <laughs> so that's the most creative way I ever heard of say, of someone saying, "You guys fucking cuss a lot." <laughs> so here's the thing: um, we're very flag superstitious in our household. I notoriously bought a Pittsburgh Steelers flag 
and I put it up, and the Steelers ended up losing like five out of six down the stretch. Oh, I remember the story, yeah. Yeah, um, I remember that, yeah. So I ha- I was flying my flag to start the year, obviously, and pretty much all summer. And then on 9-11, I put out my American flag. I took down the Notre Dame flag, and then Notre Dame beat Cal. I haven't, I haven't put back out the Notre Dame flag. I'm still flying the Ooh. American flag right now. And I thought about putting it out this week against BYU. And I think if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it before the UNLV game. Because uh, yeah. I don't. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so are you, no, Bernie, are you saying you did not fly the flag half-mast for the, uh, Queen's the, Queen, Dazzler? Dazzler? the Queen? No, in fact, I put it like. <laughs> even higher. Put, even higher. I put it like I put it as high as like a Targaryen looking at his his sister. You. Uh, <laughs> that's how high the flag you, was. You purposely bought an English flag for this occasion and fl- flew it lower than the American flag. Yeah, I actually just set it on fire. Um, yeah, so I, I I still have the American flag flying. Um, Christy won't let me put the Steelers flag back out. Um, though I think I, I love probably, it. I, I, I probably do love should. It. I do uh, love it, man. I, do. I mean, I get, I get, um, I get, uh, crazy about like what I'm wearing and stuff. Like if, it, if I feel like the mojo is wrong at halftime, I like to go up to the, to the room and like kind of switch up the attire. Um, and then I'll remember oh, really? things. Yeah. I'll remember things that like, I felt like didn't work and try not to, to repeat that outfit. So, um, so you're into chaos magic. Yeah, I'm just I, I don't know. Like, I feel like See, it's so it's so dumb. I, I get it. I, it's no it, whatever. But at the same time, I, I you can't I just, prove that it doesn't. I, I, I'm less, I'm, I just like I'm I don't want to sit there and go. I, I, I don't want to sit there and go like maybe I should have like maybe I should have listened to that little voice in my head that said, why the fuck did you wear that shirt today? Like you knew, you knew that shirt was bullshit, you know, like I'm less superstitious and more re- ritualistic. Which is probably like a big reason why I like I left the Lutheran church when they were like starting to go like damn near Baptist the way they're going about it. I'm like, nope, nope, I need I need ritual. <laughs> God damn it. I need I need things set in stone. I am very I ritualistic and very in order. And when though and when there's games and days that those things are not uh in order, I am very worried about the outcome of the game. Uh, so, so just, what you're saying is, you you're married to the the holy water queen of Hicksville, and you're in control. Yeah, that 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 scans. That's yeah, scans. it checks out. That checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Eddie, look, I already I I've just realized we had to. Uh, I haven't told you guys yet, but I we just, Carrie and I just had a huge conversation about all the shit we have going on this month. <laughs> so like. Me get making it up for the Stanford game, a night game, is probably going to be like not happening. Not sure yet, but try to move some things around. Like that's how like our schedule is just so crazy right now. So, but and I keep I not trying to like put it on her, but I'm thinking like this is fucking ridiculous. I haven't I haven't missed a Notre Dame night game. I, I don't know when. <laughs> there hasn't been a Notre Dame night game I haven't been to since they since they came back. Like this is this isn't good. This is this can't be happening. Uh, so I don't know. I try to put that above like family priorities and yada yada and all the boring dad husband. Uh, but well, 
Josh, if, uh, it, makes, if it makes you feel better, I, I'm not going to be able to watch the Stanford game live because I've got concert tickets sent me. So. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better because I was going <laughs> to see if anybody wanted to take the re- recap. Oh, well, <laughs> not going to be my, me, my friend. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe. <laughs> so. Uh, I don't, where the hell does this even come from? Why are we talking about flags? Uh, just superstition. I don't know. Just, superstition. Uh, yeah, superstitions. Yeah. yeah just okay. Oh, oh, keep, that's right. Because uh, trying to keep it was, was blaming our uh, my potty mouth on uh, losing yeah. a mark. Yeah. It's fine. I'll I'll take that in. I I'll be the sin eater. You want to get like ritualistic about it? Let's. I'll be the sin eater. I'll so, live for the next thousand years eating everybody's sins. I, I guess what I'll say is I've got two extra tickets to the Notre Dame Syracuse game. I was thinking about offering them to my parish priest because he's a huge Notre Dame fan. Will that put me in good stead for the for the Syracuse game to have a priest on um, on the uh, on the campus rooting for Notre Dame? Like, should I should I be a little bit more aggressive and uh, soliciting him for that? Yeah, absolutely. And then while you're at it, also um, offer the bishop. Offer the bishop. Oh wow. Okay. Yo, Terry, come on down. Come on uh, down. Make the uh, make funny. the sojourn. That's funny. I thought maybe he would. It's tough, you know. These 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 parish priests have uh, obligations on Saturday nights. I'm assuming that the game's going to be on a on a night. I don't know why I assume that because they just announced the Syracuse NC State games at 3:30, which is seems like a really good uh, matchup between an undefeated team and a one loss team. So. But. Syracuse still going to be undefeated at that point? I don't think so. Uh, no, they got they got NC State and Clemson. So yeah. if, they, if they win both those games, then we're we're probably in real trouble. <laughs> we're probably in real trouble. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Got we we have to have we have to have an undefeated club. So we have to. We have to. Yeah. I can say I've been getting shit. I've been getting shit because I've I've stayed utterly optimistic. So yeah. Maybe we shouldn't use the word utterly for that, but I I've been completely optimistic about. Notre Dame's future for the next season because I want to bring I, w- I did want to bring this point up tonight. Why the fuck not? Why would I not be? <laughs> why would any of us not? Like no one's you, you know I'm not gonna go put down you know ten grand on on them finishing the regular season ten and two, but why would I not have a fucking good outlook on it? Why am I gonna? Why do you, why do I need to sit here and be like well they're gonna drop two? They're absolutely gonna fucking drop two. Why do I need that anxiety in my life? And who wants to tune in to have someone piss in their their cornflakes? <laughs> like no shit. Like like it is look, look it is right there. We in all front of them. we all ha- we all have our roles on this podcast, and if you got if you guys want to steal mine, I mean, I just I don't even get it. So I feel like well, I'm just saying, like Brendan is my biggest Brendan point is, is like, like Notre Dame still has a ton ton like, to play for this season. I don't want to spoil it, but I think Brendan's going to be like, we're going to run for 500 yards on BYU this weekend. And I'm going to be like, ah, I think it's going to be a really close game. Like, you know, so I totally, uh, I just hope you don't think that it's going to be three and a half points close to. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's See, a and spread, then, right. Yeah. And then I'll have my tradition of like, of literally ripping my shirt off my body, you know, like focusing on Jude and like, tr- Casting a spell on him in Syracuse, like shut up, we're gonna fucking do it. Oh. I feel like the hardest people to pick this year have been Notre Dame in terms of figuring out which Notre Dame program is going to show up week to week. I I, I realized that blew it last, or well, not the bye week, but two weeks ago with with North Carolina. But 
I've just, you know, I think other teams, I have a lot better sense of like what, what kind of team is going to show are. up. Yeah. But, I, uh, and I, it's funny. I disagree we, a little we, bit. We were the season's this. been tossed up. I know what no, I'm getting with Alabama. That's true. That's true. Like, and I, I think I know what I'm getting with Ohio state. I thought I knew what I was getting with Georgia until these last two weeks. Well, that everybody, yeah. everybody else, except for James Madison, undefeated James Madison. I have no fucking clue. Like, if you're making money this this year, this this season gambling, you are a god, sir or madam. And you know what? I think we we've touched on this in in the old uh, uh, direct messages, but it's because of transfers. I think it's oh, absolutely sure. because of transfers. I think it uh, it has really brought a lot of volatility and you know sort of parity to college football, and it's uh, it's it's definitely made the sport significantly wilder in the uh, ten to twenty five range. Which is better, right? Like I mean, it's like straight up. Like if Notre Dame was three and one or four and zero oh right now, we would jovially say it's made this season fucking great. You know, two and two is a little depressing, but I think if you sit back and look at it, you know, we said, I said after the Marshall loss and you guys both agree with me, like, give me a 2007 season. Then if this is what we're getting, just give me crazy wild shit. Like, yeah. Light the whole thing on fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been kind of delivering like last week could have like really knocked this sucker out. It was close uh, for a hot minute, but I mean, I, we're, we are getting what college football is supposed to be, which is the anti NFL, which is, it's just, it's a little wilder, a little more unpredictable. And I'm all for it. And if that, if I, and I, I think Brendan's absolutely right. I think transfers have a, obviously have a huge impact on that. Like USC get crawling out of the gutter, like they're still not that good, but they're good enough to get the wins that they would have lost had it been like last year and it has nothing to do with play play Elton. It's everything to do with, you know, getting transfers in what 22 guys coming in. I mean, it's just, it's, it's made college football a little louder place and I'm okay with so that. I just, I, wanna, I just wish Notre Dame just would give get you, a little taste a little bit. I want to give you one data point here. Um, you know, Bill Connolly's famed SP plus is 134, 131 and two, uh, for uh, against the spread record so far this season in FBS versus FBS games. If you include FBS versus FCS, he's 182, 188, and seven. That's uh, not making money. That is not making money. So it's it's been really rough. It's been really rough. Well, I've said it for years. Math is stupid and not real. <laughs> and it should be birth at the stake. So, I mean, I don't know why that would surprise anybody. I feel like Josh should pick first this week because Josh has been so on fire with his picks. Um, I'm just tempted to be like, stop trying to stop trying to spit into the wind. Let's just follow listen, Josh. If, listen, if you want to get on my level, make That's sure hard. that you hit your head hard enough where they diagnose encephalomyalgia. Uh, <laughs> Josh, <laughs> throw a few other concussions in there. Are you saying that you have some kind of like John Travolta in um, what was the movie where he had a phenomenon? Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah, is that the, is that the same movie? He was he was uh, Saint Michael. 
No, no, that was Michael. That was called Michael. It was the oh, same okay. year. This came out in the same year. All in the see, I like, confuse I, I confuse yeah. phenomenon, Michael, and powder. Like all three of those <laughs> movies are the same movie to me. Yep. That's funny. Just like uh, uh, Friends with Benefits uh, well, and No Strings Attached came out in the same year, and it's like the same plot. The same movie. One stars Ashton Kutcher, and the other one stars Mila Kunis, and Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are married to each other. Yeah. Or the fact oh, that yeah. Deep Impact like and Dante, Armageddon. Deep Impact and Armageddon, same Dante's, year. That's right. Dante's Peak and uh, what's the other volcano, volcano one? The one with Dan Vol- Hesh. All right. I think it volcano. Uh, yeah, volcano. volcano with Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, Dante's Peak came out at the same time. One of them had yeah, an animation uh, in it too, right? Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Volcano did, yeah. Crazy, crazy shit that we're that we're giving shout outs to uh, to Ed Hesh R.I.P. on this show. <laughs> uh, so let let's I don't know. I mean, why the why are the fucking people listening? Why are they here? I mean, maybe they're just li- here to listen to this. I don't know. Uh, but let's get on the topic du jour. Uh, which, which, of course, is um, BYU in Las Vegas. Yeah. So, Brendan, I know you got the goods. I know you were, you've were you been dropping a couple dimes here and there in the DMs. So, let's hear it. Well, the Cougars are in Vegas, which means you know Zach Wilson's going to be in town. Let's be a lady I'll tonight. Laugh. So... I'll always laugh. I mean, forever and ever. Um, BYU starts and ends with Jordan Hall. Uh, he is there. He's probably going to be a first when when he declares. He's probably going to be a top of the first round draft pick at quarterback. Uh, that's kind of been Notre Dame's um, season is playing top of the first round quarterbacks, right? This is this is going to mark probably their third this year, and they probably the, have. A, you, are we talking about Duke Mayo and? and yeah, Duke Carolina? Mayo. Duke Mayo at uh, North Carolina is probably going to be a, a top of the first round kind of guy. Uh, CJ Stroud's the top of the first round kind of guy. Um, obviously, Caleb Williams is is probably going to be a top of the first round kind of guy. Uh, Jalen is. Maybe. I I saw a. Uh, uh, from everybody's favorite, um, everybody's favorite syndicated uh, website, PFF College, they put out a mock draft today that had. Oh my uh, god! Did you see it? No, tell me about it. I can't wait. They had a quarterback in the uh, the top ten uh, who goes by the DJ? name of Tanner, Mc- <laughs> Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee. Tanner oh McKee god. in the top ten. They had the Bears drafting a quarterback too. Yikes! <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> the worst. Um, no, 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 no. The worst is the athletic. No, the worst subscriptions. Uh, yeah. They're they're worse. They're worse because they're more pompous about it. Tanner McKee. Holy Tanner cow. McKee in the first round, man. Tanner McKee in the first round. And not you know, only in the first round, but in the top ten. Not only in the top ten, but to the Detroit Lions. I love it. Um, yeah. So Jordan Hall is good at football. Um, well, good for Jordan Hall. Yeah. Uh, is there are there ten other players that are good around him? Yeah, they they have like five wide receivers who are all legitimate and could all start for Notre Dame. All are five any of them related to Mitt Romney. 
Uh, yes, and I would build a plane out of Gunnar Romney's because I love Gunnar Romney. Uh, he hasn't done anything this year, really. Last week was his first year, first game after like lacerating his appendix or whatever in the in August. Um, and I expect him to be 100% full go, Gunnar Romney. Um, not o- not I, only is he- I gotta interject real quick. Yeah, I, I keep I I thought I heard you say Jordan Hall twice. Just. It's Jaron Hall. Yeah, Jaron Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Um, unless, unless I keep hearing it wrong. No, 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 no. That's my bad. Um, so yeah, I, 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 he's very good. The problem is um, with BYU's offense when you look at it. Like I, I, I've touched on the fact that I like all of their receivers. All of their receivers are tall. Uh, Keanu Hill has stepped up and leads the team in big plays. He's six four. Uh, Chase Roberts, 6'4". The only guy who's not 6'4 is uh, the guy who has the most catches on the team, 5'11", Cody Epps. He's a kid from Matter Day. Um, But Brayden Cosper, he's 6'3". Puka uh, Nuokoa, he probably is not going to play. He's 6'2". He's their best receiver overall. Uh, But he's sprained his ankle in week one, came back against Wyoming and hurt his knee in the game. So I don't think that he's playing. I think with a, uh, uh, an ankle sprain and then goofing up your knee, maybe, maybe he comes back after sitting a game out, but probably not. But Gunnar Romney's six, three. So they're averaging six, two, uh, on the low end of their wide receivers. They have very tall wide receivers. Gunnar Romney's a four, four kid. Um, deceptively four, four. Um, so their wide receivers are very good and Hall is very good. The problem is, um, they can't run the football for shit. Um, in the, in the games that they played the less than competition, the South Florida's of the world, the Wyoming's of the world Utah states, they haven't had a problem running the football, but then when you watch what they do against, uh, Baylor in Oregon, um, their lead back, Christopher Brooks, uh, who's a complete Jag. He went 13 for 31 against Baylor and 10 for 28 against Oregon. The guy who I think is a good running back is miles Davis. I don't think miles Davis is playing. He, and he, um, I, I, I put this of note, um, when I was watching the game on last Thursday, he went into the medical tent and, and they've been mums to word on him, but I don't think he's going to play. And if he is, he's going to be hobbled. Um, that kid actually has pop. And every time you see miles Davis on the field, their running game is different. Um, so they're going to have to rely a lot on Paul throwing to these receivers. But one of the things that I noticed with Hall and, and I noticed it when I was watching their games and then I, the stats bared it out too. They are a front running passing game. And this was a very interesting statistic that I found out about them. Um, 802 of his 1438 yards have come on first down. And, and that's a little bit uh, um, to, to put it into some context. Um, CJ Stroud, um, uh, Dukes Mayo, uh, Caleb Williams. Those are all guys where the split is like most players get most of their yards on first down. It's like 45% of the yards come on first down. And then the other two account for like 55%. But in the case of Hall, it's 55, 45. 
They get almost all of their yardage in first down situations. And it even is further exacerbated by the fact that on 22 dropbacks on third and long and fourth down, Hall's only been able to pick up five first downs. So when BYU enters into um, typical passing down situations, they're finding less success doing so. And a big part of that is the fact that they can't run the football worth a damn. Um, at least against the the power five competition that they played their offensive line doesn't get any push. You can watch any game that you've seen them play and almost immediately at the snap, they're able to maintain the line, uh, which is why they've only given up seven sacks this year, but they don't get any push at all. And any success that they have running the football is on jet sweeps or trying to find an edge, which you're not going to be able to do that against Notre Dame. Um, so, there's a little bit of deception with their offense when you watch it. I don't think that it's nearly as prolific as um, some people make it out to be. I think that they feasted on some less than competition and by less than competition, they have faced three of the uh, three bottom 100 offenses, the hundredth ranked offense, the 102nd ranked offense and Utah state was the, uh, 121st ranked offense or defense. So these are all, these are all instances where this, this team is feasting on less than competition. And then against Baylor and against, um, Oregon, they weren't able to find the same level of success with that they were against the other ones. Another thing to keep an eye on with this game is, is their special teams play is going to be a disaster. And I think that we're going to see it play out in both aspects. One, they don't have a field goal kicker. Starting kicker is one for his last six, including, uh, you know, multiple misses in the last game inside the 40 and they are down their long snapper. So they're breaking in a new long snapper and probably breaking in a new field goal kicker in this football game. Um, defensively, when you watch them, the thing that stands out the most is they can't tackle at all. They're very good at limiting um, long plays. I think they've only given up something like 13 plays of more than 30 yards, but teams are able to just death by a thousand cuts, especially in the first half against uh, Wyoming and Utah state. Um, you, you saw them, both teams find success running the football because they're just undisciplined in tackling. They're undisciplined with their penalties. You can, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of after the play penalties, um, a lot of false starts. There's, there's just a lot of undisciplined, a lot of offsides. There's just undisciplinedness all over their roster defensively. Um, that, that when I look at this, uh, BYU football team, I just see a, shoe waiting to drop and if you look at byu twitter and byu reddit they're all sort of on board with that waiting for that shoe to drop for a team to just go out there besides oregon and just put them down because they have talent at, at, at receiver and quarterback but just everything else about this roster is terrible um the one thing i will uh, i will say is did you guys see that um Notre Dame tried to appeal J.D. Bertrand's uh, uh, targeting call. Not oh, only yeah, I did I see it, it, but I, it's I, up yeah, on the I, site. Say, I read about it on uh, One Foot Down. Did you see that um, BYU did a similar thing with uh, their cornerback? Not only did I know that. I read it on One Foot Down. Gabe Judy Laley? <laughs> yeah. 
he uh we can we can keep doing this well i i mean it was rhetorical for like podcast it. listeners oh sorry i apologize <laughs> uh i saw yeah it. i saw it i mean that's a bullshit but um yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think in this in this particular situation um, for a team defensively that that isn't susceptible to big plays. Well, that doesn't matter to Notre Dame, but is susceptible to allowing teams to to run on them because they're poor at tackling. Well, that plays into Notre Dame's hands. So the thing that they're good at limiting big plays that doesn't affect Notre Dame and the fact that they um can't tackle and give up obscene drives or 78th in the nation and plays allowed. I think that that's going to allow for Notre Dame to find a lot of success in the running game. And I think it's going to allow um, Drew Pine, the ability to make quick throws and for those throws to go longer than perhaps they might've against a more uh, sound defensive team, like a Cal. Uh, I think some of the things that they wanted to do in that game, you're going to see them pull back out in this BYU game and find infinitely more success. Um, and then offensively, like I said, uh, they can't run the football. So I would just spend the whole time in nickel. And if you know that they're passing, they have less success trying to throw the football. So just assume that they're going to run and then if they or assume they're going to pass and if they don't, uh, they're not very good at it anyway. Right. Yeah. I'm still stuck on the fact that they have a running back named Miles Davis and they're going to wear black this weekend. So they're really not going to be kind of blue. Yeah. You got to keep oh your eye God. on Miles Davis. You got to keep an eye, at least if, one eye. You got to keep one if, eye out. If on hitting him. the hole was cool, then uh, you could call him Miles Davis. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't have uh, uh pee pants uh, uniforms, right? <laughs> what, what, what actually sucks is that, uh, you know, BYU did a, a uniform reveal that was very BYU cheesy. Um, so boring. <clears throat> yeah, the only thing that. I'll say, the only but thing I'll uniform say. uniform that they had, that the guy was in there before they did the, the veil, was better. It was. The, the blue, well, blue The normal that. blues, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's what I'll say. So, I don't like the, the two-tone helmet. And I do like the fact that they leaned into the holy war aspect of it because the song's like, we're going to war at the very end. And I was like, all right, BYU. The Deseret News says that uh, this is this is a long time coming. It's a decade of waiting for payback. Well, I think that they'll have. Well, 2013 was the last time they played, right? So. I just. I, the Deseret News and I have had a have had a dance for the last six months. That these guys these guys are really uh, they're true believers, and I don't know. Maybe you got to be if uh, if you're a BYU fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, if you guys watched BYU this year, yeah, it, you know they've been. It's funny because I I was just thinking about this today, like. I haven't watched a full game of BYU, like from start to finish, but I have like flipped over and watched quite a bit. Like they've been on. A they're lot. always like, on because they're always on. Yeah. Like they're always in windows of opportunity to borrow a term from yes. solid verbal because they're either they're, playing really late at night or on Thursdays or just like they're always like in a position. Very where, business-like, very smart business decisions, much like how they run. Uh, their religion. 
<laughs> very opportunistic in, in, in finding ways to, to plant their, their, uh, their white shirts and black ties on our TVs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've seen quite a bit of them this year. They're always around. Yeah, they play two games after dark, and then the the, the Thursday nighter against Utah State. Um, so other than the, I didn't. I mean, we didn't watch the Oregon game because we were at Notre Dame at the time. But I mean, we we were locked into all their other games, right? I've I've, I've watched at least three B- of them. BYU Live. I mean, plays, I've watched them all now, but BYU plays with um, a chippiness and an attitude that. Um, is usually reserved for teams with better talent. They play dirty too. Like that's the thing about BYU is that like when you say chip, they're they're 115th in the nation in penalties. They have set, they're averaging 71.8 yards of penalty per game. They've committed 40 penalties, and a lot of it is that like it's it's kind of weird. I thought that like they'd be nice buttoned up, nice Mormon boys. No, they've always not. been. I mean. I mean, all the, uh, I mean, just, just Google, uh, Utah baby names, uh, and it, it, just reading those names will give you a, a, kind of an example. You'll understand what kind of players they are. But one thing I do wonder about <clears throat> is I've always wondered this and I've, I've never done anything to like, to check the data, but because of, I mean, the obvious, you know, because of the ties to the, to the LDS church, because so many of their players have been on mission trips you know, they're, they're, they're like, they're probably the oldest team in college football as far as like age goes. And I guess I, I've always like thought that made them a more mature team. Like these are, you know, these are adults out there playing, playing this game. There's things that can go on. I've, I have no idea what their, what the actual ratio is for them, but the amount of penalties is, is a little surprising to me because of my thought that they are a, an older team. I mean, you could be a sophomore, but you're like 25, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. a shitload of Chris Winkies out there. The, the number one boy name in Utah is Oliver. And the number two girl name is, or the number one girl name is Olivia. Hmm. I have hmm. a nephew named Oliver and a daughter named Olivia. <laughs> yeah. Do I live in Utah? <laughs> Is this anything? Ohio? Ohio? Well, the everything's Ohio. Mormon church, did the Mormon Church have their start in Ohio? Yeah, I think so. Right? That's a yeah, pop. I mean, they got television they program. Got, they got kicked out. They went to Missouri. Uh, there was a bloody battle, uh, <laughs> like a really bloody fucking battle. Okay. It all checks out. All right. <sighs> so I guess my one thing is to Brendan, what is what is BYU good at that Notre Dame's not good at? Well, so what BYU is good at that Notre Dame might have some issues with is, like I said, they have very tall wide receivers. And right. they have a quarterback who is very good at getting them the football. Um, so if BYU is going to find success in this game, it's going to have to be like North Carolina on steroids. Okay. Where they just, 
they're able to, I mean, one thing that you can say about BYU is like I said, that their, their, their offensive line is, I guess, good and pass pro given by the seven sacks. Um, but they, they have an ability, they have wide receivers who are able to go up and get footballs. And I'm not sure Notre Dame has like, when you look at the wide receivers that Notre Dame has been matched up against this year, um, I, I, I mean, Josh Downs is the the best one who played a full game, right? That played a full game. I mean, um, did Marvin Harrison play a full game? Yeah. People are saying that he, he's going to get picked. He'd get picked in the draft before Jackson Smith and Jigba. Well, those people are fools, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Those people are in fact fools. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested I to see what their size at the wide receiver position looks like against Notre Dame because they're going to high point a lot of footballs. Um, and Gunnar Romney being full go, full, full go. He came back last week, um, you know, after having missed all of the season. And now the second game back with wide receivers, the first game's easing in. Um, and the second game is the game where you see him more or less take off. So uh, I'm in, I mean, Gunnar Romney is going to be a problem. Uh, he's six, four and or six, three and runs a four, four, 40, uh, very much like Alec Pierce, um, at, uh, Cincinnati or, or somebody like Ed Mac, uh, McCaffrey or, um, uh, I mean, could you see Mitt running a go route? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can, so see, you can see Mitt Romney running a go route. Apparently, uh, Mitt is a distant relative. I mean, I don't know. I was hoping for a little bit closer. You know, Mitt was. I mean, his uncle or second, you know, second cousin or. He's a co- I thought great uncle. I thought it was a nephew. I thought it was his nephew. No, apparently not. Not even. It wasn't. Isn't Mitt's uh, family like one of the, like, like one uh, of the big power brokers the, of the church? The, Steve, the Stephen Covey uh, Utah kid, right? That was a fun oh one. yeah, yeah, I remember Cause, that because he was highly effective in the, uh, the the kickoff return <laughs> game, if I recall correctly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. The Cougars. Yeah. So I, some things I want to some things I want to get get through here real quick. Um, Notre Dame when they released their depth chart on Monday, uh, they finally did the thing. They they finally uh, made it official that freshman Benjamin Morrison uh, supplanted Clarence Lewis as a starter. We already saw this um, like against Cal, for example. Uh, but we have. But Lewis's snaps and Jude, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think there were they went down significantly from California to North Carolina as it was. Um, yeah, we talked about that on the last podcast, I believe. Yeah, yeah, because I think we all called this on the last one. Um, yeah, we, we knew that it was it was coming. They, Notre Dame just made it official. Yeah, like they've been doing it. We figured all oh, the bye week is when they're gonna finally make it official and then they they did the thing so that's good and done um do you think pete sampson in the bye week reached out to benjamin morrison's uh high school teammates to ask about his prodigy status one would only hope okay i mean right 
Benjamin Morris seems more. Benjamin Morrison seems more like a, a MySpace kid or an AOL kid than than Prodigy, really. <laughs> uh, maybe Zaga. <laughs> my 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 boys love playing that fucking Prodigy game. Like I I had to like I had to give Dylan his own laptop to play Prodigy. We would we would premium on Prodigy for for six months because we, we are currently. Yeah, my son was playing so much Prodigy, but I don't. I don't think if if Benjamin Morrison pans out, like I don't think we can do the bit with the earned five star because he already was a four star, right? Yeah, yeah he was up there. Yeah, he was. A, he, he was kind of a low four. I think. Yeah, he was like I think he was like a point nine. <clears throat> Listen, like flat. Benjamin Morrison was probably one of the most low key recruits in recent memory. Like he didn't get a whole like he he is not someone whose name was brought up by a whole lot of people, you know, going into like signing day. And I mean, he's not to say that he was forgotten, but he just wasn't a guy that anyone was talking about. He wasn't an early enrollee. He was a June enrollee. So he didn't have that. You didn't have that spring extra spring media time. But man, he just he just showed up and did his thing. There's a, I, you kind of want to compare him to Kavari Russell just a little bit, but Russell was swap, swap, you know, swapping positions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's a whole different thing. This is a really good fucking football player. Notre Dame looks like he really looks like he held offers from, from all the big, big 10, most of the big, good big 10 schools and most of the big, the Pac-12 schools too. Pac-12 schools. Yeah. 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 He's just, he, he just wasn't a guy that got a lot of fanfare, and yet, but yet when you look, you looked at his highlights, and you thought, man, this guy can really play. He held great offers, uh, like you said, Jude. It just for whatever I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the name. Maybe it's it's too old school of a name, Benjamin Morris. Maybe if he was like the coldest, uh, <laughs> the, the coldest Crawford, um, you know, maybe we he'd be getting a little more hype. But uh, he's the. I mean, uh, is there is there a paint joke to be made here? Yeah, Benjamin Williams. No, uh, since since um, as far as I can tell, Benjamin since since uh, Troy Pride Jr. in 2016, Benjamin Morrison is the second highest rated cornerback recruit Notre Dame's had. Only uh, only second, only behind uh, fellow <clears throat> fellow classmate uh, Jaden Mickey, which just makes what I said even more crazy. Like Notre Dame has not recruited corner very well. And here's one of the best that you've, that you've signed. And honestly, he is just, he was not somebody that, and I'm in this, I'm in this, I'm in this fucking boat too. I am guilty yeah. as, as everybody else. He's just not somebody that was brought up when you talked about the class, talked about the future. Um, you know, not that there was anything negative said about him. Uh, on the contrary, there just wasn't anything at all yeah. <laughs> said. Uh, which is just crazy. <laughs> this is, this is pretty funny. I'm looking at 247sports.com and they've got a timeline of events, right? It says uh, June 11th, 2021 was his official visit to Notre Dame. Then he went to Oregon and then he went to Washington. And oh. seven days after he went to Washington, Tom Loy predicts Benjamin Morrison will commit to Washington Huskies July 2nd, 2021. Kevin Sinclair predicts Benjamin Morrison will commit to Washington Huskies three days later. Tom Lloyd predicts Benjamin Morrison will commit to Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Kevin Sinclair predicts Benjamin Morrison will commit to Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 
See, <laughs> and, I, and that's another thing. They flipped him in three we, days. Listen, we have been battling. We have been battling Washington, Washington yeah. for oh, God, yeah. for West Coast defensive backs for a fucking decade now, and we have been losing. Like we win a lot of recruiting battles head to head with cer- with certain schools, with Washington and defensive backs. We that's lose ninety percent. Ninety percent of those, if not more. Like we lose. Like this should have been Benjamin Morrison. I am sorry, sir. You deserved way more hype, way more hype from this show, from this website, from this fan base than what it was. And I, I hope you deliver on that uh, after four games of your college career. But seriously, I mean, he, he's a fucking he's our starting cornerback now. Four games into his college career without a spring semester um, to hang his hat on, so that's, that's impressive. He's gonna need it because he's gonna be up against uh, he's gonna be up against the old gunner. So say all that about a freshman to lead me to this <clears throat> and just allow me to get this off my chest real quick. Shut the fuck up about playing freshman. Shut the fuck up. Stop pitching about Tobias Merriweather. If he could fucking play that he'd play. No one has fucking got some weird poker up their ass about not shut the fuck up. If he can fucking play out the field, they need wide receivers. Just because you, who has never seen him fucking play at all, other than maybe a highlight film, thinks that you know fucking better than the coaches that have him, shut the fuck up. Do you know whose fault it is that Tobias Merriweather hasn't played? It's Tobias Merriweather's fault, right? It's not. He got hurt in fall camp. Yes, he was. He was hurt in fall camp that and as a freshman who just showed up in June, getting injured is not going to help your cause for playing time. None of this is none of this has like I am not like trying to put Tobias Merriweather down in a hole. I'm just saying you shut the fuck up about him. Quit people that just automatically just start throwing freshman names out. You barely fucking knew who they are. You barely know who they are. Just stop. If they and can play, they would. They would play. And here's the thing, too. Like, it's Tobias Merriweather's fault that he is not playing. It's no one else's fault. There is no apprehension of playing freshmen. That's not a thing. And also, that's not to bury Tobias Merriweather, because I right. will say unequivocally that the best running back on this roster is Audric Estime, and he had seven carries for 60 yards last year. So Tobias hey, uh, Merriweather could be very well could very well be the second coming of Michael Floyd, and it just doesn't mean that it pans out through, you know, four games of the season. And what was Lorenzo Styles' numbers four games through the season last year? By the way. You, you, you want to pull me up? Uh, you want to pull me up Zoe Styles numbers um, through because because I can I can do it for you. I can tell you what Zoe Styles numbers were four games through the season last year. I mean, better yeah. Why don't you pull ten, right? Yeah, hey, here's better yeah. Why don't you pull me all the receipts from people that were screaming about Jordan Johnson and how much he should fucking play and how it was such a goddamn travesty that he transferred and this is the worst fucking thing and this program is dog shit because they can't keep a five star happy and put him on the field. Uh, Where's he at now, Brendan? And um, what's his snap count? Jude, you got that? What's his snap count at, uh, at old USF? He played tonight. Didn't <laughs> oh, it's funny because I was, I was actually looking at Lorenzo. Uh, 
Or yeah, like, you, yeah, yeah. I was actually looking at Lorenzo Styles, who had one snap in the Florida State game, seven in Toledo, one in Purdue, and five in Wisconsin for grand total of fourteen. Yeah, yeah, four yeah. Games. But here's the, here, with with Zoe Styles is even worse because through the first six games of the year, he had two catches for sixteen yards. By the way, he finished with twenty four for three forty four. So just because he hasn't played through the first, you know, Meriwether hasn't played through the first four, it doesn't mean anything. It takes some acclimation. And I and I heard on Irish Illustrated today, um, Simpson went through and he, he looked at the top 20 uh, wide receivers of last year's class. And He's the uh, second least the amount second of time. least amount of time. And it's like, so what? I mean, first of all, Notre Dame's the wide receiver position is not really something that they have a lot of focus on. Second, they haven't played a lot of games where you can put in the scrubs uh, to this point. Right. I mean, it's not like and in what, and in one of those games they, they had uh, a historically low number of plays ran. Yeah. With so Ohio state. Jordan Johnson has 13 snaps so far this season. He had 44 all last year. So he's well on his pace. He's on his pace. Uh, did, how did he do tonight? He had a big game tonight. Uh, I don't think they graded it that quickly. So I'm not sure. But uh, Let me just take a quick peek. I just want to take a quick peek. See, in a 41-19 blowout of SMU, he had to have gotten in the game, right? He had to showed up in the past the, the past sheet there were one two three four five six seven eight players who caught a pass for ucf uh javian barker ryan o'keefe kobe hudson xavier townsend alec holler keymore gamble trillion coles johnny richardson i don't see a single catch from jordan johnson maybe it really wasn't brian kelly's fault it wasn't. Look, I I guess here's what I'll say. I I thought this whole like thing would die with with Brian Kelly leaving. Um, you know, may, we're gonna need a bigger sample size than one year for Marcus Freeman to to or to say whether or not he has a predilection for playing freshman or not playing freshman. But um, I I agree with Brendan's analysis, which is injuries and and to, and whatever Tobias Merriweather is doing is keeping him from the field. It's not. It's not about um, him being a freshman. I don't think that if he was if he was clearly good enough to be on that field, he would be on that field because they they the proof's the pudding. They need people at that position. Yeah, I just anytime I posted anything the last two weeks, <clears throat> and it's yeah, it's a lot of I'm looking at you, Facebook uh, people. It is a constant barrage of just shitting all over it because Tobias Merriweather isn't out there. And I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine like how you could be so sure about something that you didn't see. But I guess I am talking to a, uh, fans of a predominantly Catholic institution and we are big fans of, uh, believing in things that we can't see. So, uh, I don't know. It's just like, just shut up about it when, when, when he's ready. Or, he not. Doesn't, or not, maybe he doesn't, but I mean, I don't have, it doesn't concern me because I don't think that Tobias Merriweather entering in a football game uh, is the difference between Notre Dame and winning and losing to this point. 
they're not beating Marshall if Tobias Merriweather is in it. I mean, they had significantly greater problems than the wide receiver position. What, what if, what if against BYU, Tobias Merriweather has three catches for 27 yards? What does I'm that mean the for the Clemson game? What does it, it mean for the Clemson game? Here's what it means. I mean, for the Clemson game, I'll, I'll tell you what it means for the Clemson game. Means, Notre Dame yeah, is shit. cooking. No, it means Notre Dame is cooking. It means Tobias Merriweather has got some real game experience against a. Um, yeah, I'd actually, I'd actually be very excited about seeing him at the UNLV game if he had three catches for 27 yards against BYU. So I would say, also. I would say that that is a perfect opportunity to to get him even more involved in the offense. And yeah, uh, well, th- it also means that like, if he has three for 27 against BYU, I expect to see more against Stanford. I expect to see UNLV. I expect to see it against Syracuse. I, I mean, if I see three for 27, if he has three catches for 27, it means that he's one catching balls and two running routes. So I'm excited. I would be excited. I would be excited about that. It also means that he couldn't break a tackle of a shitty BYU tackler, which would be sort of disconcerting. <laughs> Michael Michael Mayer broken tackles this weekend. Over I, under four. Listen, six we, four. Uh, I'm gonna take the over, and we dunk on Michael Mayer more than anybody in the entire potosphere. For not being able to shed tacklers, right? It seems yeah. like he gets touched just, and he goes just down. Just hit him, hit him low, and he fall. Yeah, he gets swept up. Right? Not happening this week. He's going to get a victory. one of those. He's going to get one of those Brock Bowers touchdowns this weekend, where he stumbles and rumbles his way into the end zone. I love it. I love it. Manifest it into reality. He's going to shed uh, a block. I am very. I am very uh, eager to see the full team out there in those lovely, uh, all whites. I have my white hoodie, by the way, which is, which is a clean look. It's, it's the fake hoodie, Brendan. Yeah. Well, everybody got the fake hoodie. (laughs) Uh, one of the worst, uh, product launches maybe of all time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get some, uh, some good picks in the system, uh, with these pretty, pretty uniforms. Uh, so what was interesting, and I didn't even think about it, uh, but heard that on the on the Irish Illustrated pod was, so they're going to be playing on the UNLV surface, which is artificial, and not the Raiders surface, which is grass, which makes sense, right? You make sense to like, me. Even if, like, even if they wanted the Raider grass, the Raiders would probably tell them to, to, to go fly a kite. Like if you're Notre Dame, like you want the same kind of field that you're used to, which is, which is tough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if you've ever seen how they like rotate that turf in and out to get actual sunlight, but that stadium is ridiculous. How they like it slides out of the stadium. How they like they do the same thing out. at the uh, in Glendale, don't they? For, for how the they get. For the Fiesta Bowl, yeah, how they slide it in and out makes sense with yeah. the desert to get that that to get that fresh sun and then bring it in for for uh, watering. You can grow grass in a desert, but you can't grow grass in South Bend. Well, yes, because water. You is- also can't grow grass on a farm in Palo Alto because that 
that field already looks Jeez like No, you shit. sure can't. It already looks awful, yeah. Thank thank God we don't have to witness that shit this year. I mean, honestly. I I can't take it. I can't take any more fucking games of Palo Alto. I can't. It is so bad. And the fact that it's in November and it's already been trampled upon and you got some fucking software nerd out there probably trying to replace divots. It's just, ugh. God, what a trash, what a trash field for a trash program and a whiny coach. Oh, man. I, so, I mean, Stanford is the game following Notre Dame. Uh, they will probably be one and four to that point. And I'm looking down their schedule and I'm kind of eyeing that Arizona State game as being their last, their last hurrah in picking up a dub this year. Arizona like if you, State was feisty against USC. Did you see the Did you see the pick of the of the guy from Arizona State on the sidelines, squirting Caleb? Oh, right Caleb in the Williams face. In the he eye. was a hero. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, that that's my favorite. That's my favorite pick from the entire weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so if if Arizona State wants to be feisty, um, I'm looking at. Stanford schedule and I'm trying to find uh, a FBS win and I don't think they get an FBS win this year because they got it. They have Oregon state, Notre Dame, Arizona state, Dorian Thompson, Robinson revival, uh, UCLA Bruins, Washington <laughs> state, Utah, Cal and BYU. Like Stanford could go one and eleven. They could they Ooh. could they could go full Tyrone Willingham. You never go full Tyrone Willingham. You, you never, never come back for that. No, you can't. <laughs> How does David Shaw still employ? I don't know. Uh Faustian um Faustian deal. Compromising picks of Condi Rice or uh <laughs> yeah, he's got the <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine anything less than that. Other than, I mean, there's Stanford, and their expectations are incredibly low. But holy fuck! Well, speaking of picks, I think uh, that's a perfect opportunity for us to get into the picks. All yeah, right, let's do some picks. All right, let's do some picks because Brendan, tell us where we're at because uh, I don't think I'm doing so hot. I don't think I'm doing so hot. Uh, you're doing fine, Jude. Uh, you are. 13 and 17 in the picks. Oof. Oof da. Josh is 19 and 11. But listen, Josh, I'm catching up. I'm 17, 13. Listen, if, if it wasn't for fucking Carter Carls, I would have had a perfect week, but I believed in the power of that, of that beautiful man from college station. And I, I'm not sure why you I, staked I, your bet I on feel, someone. I feel betrayed. Who, I don't know why you would stake your reputation on someone who willingly orders Pop John's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> it in, just terms a, the, uh, in terms of the one game we all agreed on, we got that one right. That was good. We did. We're we're back, and and I um I put it on the money line too. So we uh, we picked Love up it. some cash. Love it. So we're we're getting close to, to getting back into the black baby, and we're gonna get back, back into the black. In business. We're back in business, and we're gonna start with 
Did you know LSU's ranked? Yes, I did. Yeah. Because listen, because LSU fans right now are in fucking sufferable. And it's a BYU situation for them. That might be the most loyal program in the country. They don't give a shit. Like Brian Kelly, like they have just, they have gobbled up everything. Brian Kelly has, has fucking grinded on them. Well, every bit. Well, they are hosting up and down the body. They are hosting Tennessee and they are a three point dog. And listen, it's not like if if this was a night game, I might understand it. But this is a noon kick. LSU getting three points against Tennessee. Joshua, what do you got? I am rolling with my Tennessee Volunteers. I have been on them all season long. Hendon Hooker is my dog. He should be Notre Dame's starting quarterback right now. I think they're going to fucking take LSU to the woodshed. And I mean the woodshed. Um, I pick, like Josh, I picked Tennessee twice uh, so far this season. One time worked out for me. One time it, it definitely did not. Um, I'm also also high on the believing that Tennessee is going to be LSU and that the, that the win could be. Um, I actually think it's going to be 10 or more. So I'm yeah. give me Tennessee and let's lay the three points. Smart man, Jude. Smart man. I. This is the first time. Do it. Do it, Brendan. This is the first time that I take Tennessee this year. Uh, because it's the third time they popped up in the picks. Yeah, you you took Pitt, right? I took Pitt. Um, well, I don't think it was a terrible pick, but um, yeah. So I, I think, I, I think this is a situation where, um. LSU is a fraudulent football team, and I think Tennessee is going to blow their doors off. So I think Love that the, the the line is 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 kind of shady, uh, which gives me a little bit of pause. But I think I've never uh, lost money on a game with uh, Brian Kelly involved. <laughs> <laughs> now I think this next game is going to separate the hype from reality. And that is Kansas, That's, right? This is a game that separates hype from from reality. And I think Kansas is hosting TCU, and Kansas is a seven point home dog. TCU, so, fresh off a win against Oklahoma, uh, Kansas is everybody's darling. They're certainly my darling. I love, love, fucking love that Kansas is in this position right now. Love it. Like, that's just fun. Big 2007 energy. Yeah. It, yeah. It does. It does help with the 2007 vibe, like tremendously. Uh, but I think your lead in was perfect. Fantasy versus reality. The reality is we just watched TCU beat the dog shit out of Oklahoma. And it wasn't even close. I mean, it was, it was a beaten and for as much fun as we were having with Kansas being undefeated and all that, like the Duke game was a tough game for them, and they won. Okay, that's Duke. Yeah. TCU is a team on the rise right now. They've really been playing well, uh, as evidenced by beating the shit out of Oklahoma. I can't say that enough times. 
in case you might be a recruit somewhere, maybe in Texas, that thinking about a school like Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I think I think I don't think this is going to be close. I think this is going to be disappointing for uh, for everyone tuning in. College game days at this game. I mean, this is uh, it's just it's good. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but but uh, and it, look, the ride doesn't have to be over for Kansas. You know, just you're going to get your ass blown out by Texas. That's fine. That's fine. But you know, you could still win eight nine games this year. And oh my God, eight nine wins at, at Kansas is basically like, it's a playoff berth for a lot of other schools. That's a huge victory for them. Uh, but you're gonna you're gonna have a tough weekend, Jayhawks. Sorry, um, Horn Frogs by a mile. You want me to go next, Brendan, or you want to jump in? Uh, no, you can go next, dude. I'll take I'll take the yeah, next. So- one. I'll jump on the next one. When I used to listen to Solid Verbal, they had they probably still have it. An LRO team luck runs out. Yeah. And um, you know, I think Kansas has has a monkey pawed their way into where they are right now. And I just um I'm I've been impressed with TCU so far for the reasons that Joshua mentioned. And um I'm feeling comfortable now that uh, TCU is gonna to cover this I, I hate that it's seven points, but I just um I'm I feel good about TCU. Explosive. TCU is explosive. TCU is explosive. Um, I just don't like the seven points, man. Yeah, I know. I, I, think, I think Kansas ends up losing this football game, but I think that they're able to cover the spread. Uh, I can see – because, I mean, if you watch the Kansas games, like they – like <laughs> – Beating Duke the way that they beat Duke, like, I mean, it's fucking Duke, but like they just, it's it's just kind of like, I don't know, I think that there could be a little bit of letdown for TCU coming off the Oklahoma game, as well as Kansas getting game day and being hyped up for it. Uh, The crowd act like Kansas actually getting to play in front of a crowd that's excited to be there. Uh, I think that that's going to play into it, but I, I, well, I just I'll tell you what if if Lance Leipold wins this game, he just they they ought to throw the Brinks truck at him. Uh, some you know some university in need of a of a head coach next year. Say I don't know Big Ten with, West, some Big Wisconsin? Ten West, <laughs> uh, Nebraska. Yeah, someone in the Big Ten West will back up Brinks. Back truck. up the Brinks trucks. Yeah. Um. All right, so I'll jump on this next one uh, to, to lead it off and let you you boys figure out what you want to do with this. And this is UCLA undefeated hosting Utah plus four. Um, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Um, I'm buying into Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR. I think UCLA beats Utah. I don't think Utah is very good. Um, Cameron Rising notwithstanding. Um, I'm old enough to remember watching Utah lose to Florida. So I watched the Florida game. Florida's not very good. I think UCLA wins this football game outright. And so Uh, we're talking about UCLA and Chip Kelly and, you know, this, this whole LA connection. And we've been, we've been down this road before. We have. 
So I think this is actually two pretty evenly matched teams. Um, I, I'm sort of with Brendan. I don't know that UCLA is going to win, but I feel 100% confident that they'll cover the spread. So uh, give me UCLA as well. All right, Joshua, what are you going to are you going to join us? One no. of us. All right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <clears throat> Give it Utah. I have much more faith in Utah, which is a much more <clears throat> excuse me, much, been a much more established program, and they are just Utah is unpredictable as fuck. Especially like when you look at them like on the road. At the end of the season, they get better as the season goes along. So it's like we're starting to reach the middle of the season. Like they should start to get better according to plan. Like, like Whittingham knows what he's doing. Uh, not to say that Chip Kelly doesn't, but I mean, I just I have more faith in Utah. Give me the Utes. I'm gonna pick somebody from Utah this this week. They're weak ass beer. So weak. All right. Next game, and I put it on there because I'm interested with the spread. Uh, does yeah, anyone? I don't get the spread. I don't get the spread. Um, I mean, what don't you under? What don't you get about the spread? Like, I just, I, I think, I think, it's low. I think it's just, Oh, really? Oh, because yeah. I think it's too high. That's funny. Because um, I remember last year's game, and. Ohio State is not worse than they were last year, and Michigan State is demonstrably. Is there? What was that score at halftime, Brendan? It was like forty-eight to nothing at halftime. Yeah. Uh, let me get you the. Well, let me get you the score at half last year. It was. Um, no, I undersold it. It was forty-nine to nothing at halftime last yes. year. And it ended up half 50, a hundred at halftime. It was fifty-six to seven at the end of the game. And Michigan State still cannot, does not have a secondary. And they don't have running backs now. Uh, and Peyton Thorne is is not the second coming of, um, you know, Kirk Cousins. So. You like, you like Ohio State to cover? I like Ohio State to cover. Um, I, I looked at the spread and I was like, you could give me, you could give me Ohio State a half hundo, and I'm taking Ohio <laughs> State in this one. I bet you could probably yeah, bet you, that at DraftKings. I might, I might, I might pick Ohio State a forty. You can, wow. you can definitely give put me in the same uh, category as you there, Brendan, with with this game. And all you, all you really have to do is look, a look back at last year, and exactly, Ohio State is better, if not the same. Michigan State is much worse, but even more than all of that is. Ryan Day is kind of a dick. And there is a kind of a shuffle with the top three right now. And whether it means anything or not, Day is trying to prove his team to be the best team in the country. And that means like Jimmy Johnson style run ups. Uh, and so he's going to fucking lay it on. Um, Every opportunity they have to lay it on, they will. So I, I just think they're they're gonna they're gonna crush them. What time? What, what time of day is this game? Oh, it's a four o'clock start. Yeah, and so so I guess one thing before you make your pick, Jude, uh, an interesting part. Um, I mean, 
they scored Michigan State scored seven points against Minnesota, and they scored thirteen points against Maryland. So if you if you combine those, that's to like borrow, to borrow another uh, solid verbal term. I think Maryland might be secretly decent. You know, kind of. I mean, it depends on what you feel about Michigan. Um, but Maryland might be kind of decent. They played Michigan really tough, and they crushed. I mean, they beat Michigan State twenty-seven thirteen. Um, I think, yeah, I think you might be right. Maryland could. Maryland might end up being a nine and three football team by season's end. Ooh, ten and two, nine and three. I don't think that that's outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, I'd have to look at their schedule, but that's it's not that's not far off. They got Purdue at home. Go to Indiana. Northwestern at home. Travel to Wisconsin, Ooh. Penn State on the road, Ohio State at home, and then they finish with Rutgers. So, I mean, if you chop, two losses, two losses, two losses, nine three, but I don't, yep. I don't think Penn State's great. I think Penn State's a toss up. I mean, they're probably, I mean, they I'm could not sold on Penn State either, but Penn State Maryland does not go Maryland's way. Not usually, especially not in Happy Valley, yeah. uh, but it yeah. could. I mean, big if true. No, I mean, nine and three, ten and two energy is there for Maryland. <laughs> well, good for them. I look at that. Wisconsin's what's 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 interesting as hell. Like we haven't even t- touched on any of that, but fucking firing Paul, Paul Chris, yeah. Like Tommy Reese, head no coach, learned, Wisconsin. Did no one learned from Frank Solich. Did no one learn the Frank Solich? Paul Pelini. Uh, lesson. I mean, geez, so so now Paul Chris, what's he going to do, Brennan? Is he going to go take over at Ball State? No, he's going to go be an offensive um, analyst, analyst at Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. There he goes. And then he'll end up uh, being a, a head coach at, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I saw it was there was enough. There was enough firings already in college football that Marcus Freeman got the question about programs coming after his staff <laughs> yeah like that's a that's a that is a real thing to have to deal keep with. keep right an now. eye on for al golden right and tommy reese so uh t- i think i tell you what after two weeks most people would have helped tommy pack his bags and walk about the door you know i might have i might have uh i might have ponied up a few schmeckles in order to get him uh uh nice uh on his way. yeah nice oh. suitcase I'll refrain from commenting on that, but <laughs> through two but, games, uh, uh, I might have. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a reaction Saturday, Sunday. You know, it was, yeah. it's fun. Uh, okay, so listen, back to this game. I, I yes, no sir. doubt Ohio State's going to win. Twenty-seven just feels like so oh, momentous, and I get it. Come on, I let's get some money on this, Jude. No, I can't. I can't do it. I just feel like uh, Michigan State mucks this up in East Lansing and keeps it within. Uh, the 27 points. So, so what um, is the 20? What is this? What is the, what is the score? Um, uh, let's see. Um, 49, 24. That sounds, that actually sounds kind of okay. Okay. I think Michigan state's going to score 24 fucking points on Ohio state. I don't, but I, can I do s- not. I do not. But if they score 13, I'll be shocked. Yeah, if they score it. And what's 13 plus 27? 40. 
fucking tell me about it, Bill Conley. <laughs> you think Ohio State's gonna score more than forty points this game? Because I do. This is like this has got all the makings of like a bare minimum of forty-five to thirteen game. I, this has the makings of like fifty five fifty-five. I mean, there's no that's shot. A very, Ohio State a bare minimum. Ohio State is going to hit a fifty burger in this football game. Michigan State secondary is legendary. Not riding on this. But so is the picks. Now, here's here's where to see where if we if we get a parlay. Notre Dame BYU. Notre Dame is a three and a half point favorite according to DraftKings. Joshua, the floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, look, there's obviously I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think that the point spread alone, um, I, I think that's a that's an easy cover. I say hard. I don't think BYU is as good as as what they're made out to be. They're sure as shit not the 16th best team in the country uh, for a lot of the reasons that Brennan alluded to. Plus their their injuries. I just I don't see it there. They're not great against stopping on the run. And one thing, one thing you should know is that regardless, whether it's Notre Dame or, or any other program in the country, when you've struggled offensively do, early in the season and then find something that works, you're not going away from the thing that works. <laughs> you're going to stick with what fucking works because you don't want to fall back into the, into the shit that you had uh, when things weren't working out. He's going to want to run the football. Three running backs that can do it. Their offensive line has been playing better and better, and they'll probably be their healthiest that they've been all season long. I think Notre Dame runs the shit out of this ball. Uh, no, Jude, it's not going to be 500 yards. Um, <laughs> but I like, but I like, I like your thinking. Um, but I think Notre Dame wins this game. And I look, I just, I think the the defense, I think the the defensive pressures that they get from their from just their front four alone um, will be enough to, to, to muck up the what BYU wants to do in the passing game. Uh, so you put me down for a 38-20 Irish victory. You want me to go second, Brendan? Yeah, you can go second, man. So... Brennan has me believing, which is great. Uh, I'm a oh, little yeah. nervous. I'm a little nervous about uh, the the secondary, but um, I also want to see them just run the ball and just gleefully. Um, I, I, I gleefully. Think, yeah, Greg was showing Love us it. some. Greg was showing us some uh, some lineups, um, and formations and rundowns that were just. Oh gosh, I can't wait. Um, I, I don't understand it, and I love it so much. Um, so I, I, uh, I look forward to to watching this game, to enjoying this game, and I think Notre Dame prevails. Uh, 35-24. 35-24. Uh, we're gonna put this one on the books. As a, uh, we're all in locks up. Notre Dame wins this football game. I think that Drew Pine continues to be efficient 
in the passing game as a 70% completion passer. Uh, that's who he is, right? Yeah. Drew, Drew Pine is a 70% completion passer. Um, Take the Marshall stats out, and Drew Pine is a Heisman candidate. <laughs> right, the three for six. I mean, he was 73.9% against Cal. He was 70.6% against North Carolina. He is a 70% com- he is a high completion guy. I think using the play action um, is going to especially be brutal in this game because Notre Dame is going to be able to run the football kind of at will, just like they were against North Carolina. Um, I think that Notre Dame is able to control the tempo and force. I mean, the, the one thing that you can say that when you watch BYU games is that they are very slow starters. The first halves, they are brutal and they kind of lock it down in the second half. I expect Notre Dame to take advantage of it more so than some of the other less than competition that, um, you know, BYU has had to play to this point and the, the status of miles Davis and, um, being up in the air. I just think that they're not going to be able to run. Then they're going to want to have to throw the football more than they're that they were wanting to throw even beforehand. And, you know, maybe some turnover luck comes Notre Dame's way. So I think Notre Dame ends up winning this football game, um, 35 to 17. So we're kind of all in lockstep with like mid thirties, um, you know, upper teens, mid, mid twenties. So I think we're all kind of in lockstep with how we see this game going, which of course means that, uh, you know, we're going to get a shootout on our hands. <laughs> Who saw that 52, 49 triple overtime game coming? I didn't. <laughs> yeah. As long as you find seven touchdown passes. <laughs> as long as if it goes to triple overtime, as long as Notre Dame wins it on a touchdown <laughs> to, to cover the three. Yeah. It's uh, well, I'm glad we're in agreement. Yeah, let's do it. That's, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee and Notre Dame this week. I like Tennessee, it. Notre Dame, Tennessee, Notre Dame in, hey, a, uh, the, in a the Brian Kelly special. I've been, listen, I've been a closet Tennessee fan most of my life. Uh, I love that fucking shade of orange. I love the checkerboard end zones. Uh, I'm just, I'm just happy that it's, there's, again, I'm just happy that there is something else going on in college football and that's good for the sport. That's good for the sport. So I'll, I will, I will back Tennessee to, Make some crazy shit. If Tennessee can beat Georgia this year and end up in the SEC championship game, that's insane. Right? It would be a hell of a turnaround, to say the least. I mean, that. And who, like. So does that effectively knock, like, Georgia, the team. People are just were just a week or so, so ago were just tripping over themselves saying this is the best team in college football. It literally takes just one loss. They lo- if they lose to Tennessee, they are fucked. Right? Uh, yeah. I, I'm, well, I mean, it would until they get a five-star quarterback in there. I just, I, I don't know. I'm getting goosebumps my, uh, thinking about possibilities. 
this is my guy in my gambling discord who put a hundred dollars on Hendon Hooker for Heisman. So pays out thirteen hundred if he wins. Hell yeah, bro. So uh, all right, cool. Oh man. Good stuff. Um so let me ask you fellows. Let's just say let's let's use my I had the biggest uh, spread in points, right? The biggest win. The thirty game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's use that for an example. Well, well uh, Brandon, also was a, eight, Brandon also has eighteen, but it's fine. Oh, whatever. Uh, all right. Whatever. So whatever the score is, Notre Dame wins eighteen points. Um, what happens? I mean, where's Notre Dame ranked? What's the uh, what's the what's what's the narrative moving forward? So you got a three-two football team uh, with now one win over ranked team. Yeah, I mean, I think that could be a bottom of the top twenty-five kind of deal. And the narrative moving forward is that we learn absolutely nothing for their next two games, and it's all looking forward to um, October 29th versus Syracuse and November fifth versus Clemson. They're not ranked if they win this football game. Unless there's like absolute chaos at the bottom of the top 25, which it could be. The first line of others receiving votes is probably where they're going to be. Yep. They're going to be there. I think that what's happening with Notre Dame is they're getting memory hold like they were in 2019 post-Michigan. I think that Notre Dame, the difference is is that there's post-2019 Michigan is they didn't have a game to sort of make up ground. This is a Clemson game, and this is a Cuse game, sort of. Um, obviously, USC as well. I think that they're not going to get ranked until you double up the number of losses you have. So the Stanford game would be four and two. I think that they could move back into the top twenty-five but, after. But Stanford. don't you think that's dependent upon what happens in the back half of the top twenty-five too? No, because I mean, there's not, a lot of fraudulent teams that don't have very many losses that are just going to kind of skate in there. I mean, look at the teams that are receiving votes. All you have to do is look at the teams that are receiving votes. Notre Dame wasn't in there. So I don't think that teams are going to like. Oh, so they, they're receiving votes in both in both polls. Notre Dame? No. No. Nope. They, they received. Uh, yes, in the yes, coaches. In the coaches. But not the AP. And, and in the AP. Yeah, they nope. did in the AP. Nope. So it's Washington State with 91. Baylor 88. Florida State 78. Arkansas oh, no, no, no. 78. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So North Carolina's got five votes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the winner the between AP. North Carolina, the winner between North Carolina and Miami is going to jump in there. Um, I just, I, I, I have a hard time seeing Notre Dame crack into it this week. It would be next week if they beat BYU, get four two, then suddenly you're in, you're in that twenty to twenty five range, and then you know you can start making your climb from there. But this week is about getting right and getting back on the national perspective and being like, okay, Notre Dame exists no. again. Because right now Notre Dame if doesn't Notre Dame exist. Has an eight, if Notre Dame wins 18-point game this weekend, they're, they'll be ranked 23. You think so? Yes. Uh, you don't think people are going to want to rank James Madison? Notre Dame will be ranked 23 if they win – uh, let's just say 14 points up. 
Yeah, I mean, I I, I think because uh, Kansas will crumble. Here's the thing: Does Kansas or TCU drop out simply because they lose? Uh, Kansas, yes. UCLA, maybe. Um, I mean, is is Syracuse dropping out this week on a bye week? No. Is Mississippi State dropping out this week against Arkansas? Is Arkansas going to beat them? Uh, probably. But Arkansas sneaks in there, too. But then Arkansas sneaks in, right? Um, Cincinnati, are they losing this weekend against uh, I mean, Ar- I mean, Arkansas sitting there at three and two. Yeah. So, I mean, four, two, four and two. I, but Arkansas has got some votes. I, I mean, because I'm looking at the rankings. This is, this is, well, there is there is no formula for this. It isn't if if this happens and this happens and this no, happens no, this, no. this happens. But it's going to be a field thing. People are, going to, people are going to remember what they thought about Notre Dame before the season. And you can, and it's not a, it's not, it doesn't take you very long. They played no. a good game against Ohio State. They probably, when it's all said and done, they'll probably have played the best game against Ohio State than any team that Ohio State plays this year uh, before the postseason. But trap game also, against Marshall. It, trap it, game it, against Marshall. Yeah, they're not going to hold it against them. But you look at the, Three you look at that wins. bottom fifteen. You look at the bottom fifteen, right? And. Um, UCLA is playing Utah, so if UCLA loses to Utah in a close game, they're five and one. Kansas is playing Kansas is playing TCU, they're five and one. Kansas State, right? Are you are you kicking? I mean, is Kansas State losing this weekend? No, because against Iowa State, maybe they do. Probably not. I think Iowa State's fraudulent. But I mean, I mean, there's Washington. I just don't see. The air, unless there's like crazy upsets, I don't think Washington's losing to Arizona. Um, after Notre Dame lost to Marshall, they got 23 votes still in the AP poll. All right, none of so none of this, and then and then they beat California and they don't get any votes, no votes, none of this. This is all just like a whole bunch of performance, yeah, not of just nonsense, like how they're feeling that day, yeah. and they may base it off of their last week and all that, but I'm telling you. Three wins in a row. This one would be over a ranked opponent. They're looking much better. They're looking much more like the team that people thought. They'll be ranked. If they win 14 points up, they'll be ranked no lower than 23 in both polls. LSU is the only team I can see. I don't know. Well, maybe. I mean, it's been chaos all year. So who knows? I mean, we saw last yeah. weekend the 15 to 25. There was like, I don't know, nine, uh, seven of the teams lost, something like that. And, and we were talking before the pod. I said, you know, I was glad the guys at Irish Illustrated got the question, but I think they were too dismissive of it. You know, what do you think of this Notre Dame team if they somehow would have pulled a victory off against Marshall? Like if that just would have been turned into one of those gritty, gritty hold on by a seat of your ass wins, where's Notre Dame at? Well, Number all six. Their, and everything and everything else is the same. Cal game is the same. North Carolina game is the exact same. Everything else is the same, but you just you just manage to fucking Drew Pine, Drew Pine doesn't throw a pick at the twenty two yard line. And they, they score a touchdown however, there. They force three and outs and they score a touchdown. However it happens, Notre Dame would be ranked like fucking sixth right now. And with still a a very legitimate shot at a college football playoff berth. It's just that one trap game that they just fucking they lost by five points, one score. 
And I think that'll start being more of the narrative moving forward as they rattle off some wins. And they get by get by BYU with, with um, you know, if it goes the way we think it's going to go, and then you got Stanford, then you got UNLV, Notre Dame will find themselves inside the top 15 pretty quickly um, and then look, be on the outside looking into the top 10 as other things shake out. It's going to take a while for more things to shake out. So it's, it's going to come down to, obviously, like how Notre Dame – ends up performing against Clemson. It's USC. I, I'm sorry, uh, Syracuse fans. I'm not a believer in that coward Dino Babers. Uh, we've seen this before. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I just, I think the entire narrative of Notre Dame football changes with just six extra points. on the board. <clears throat> Storm. What? Brendan's hot mic in it tonight. Yeah, he, he's been we very, are, we, very sensitive. The mic is sensitivity is up high as, as high as fuck right right now. I got I got the I got the note that my mic was worse than Jude, so I had to just I had to turn it up to max. Well, you you've made it ten times worse than mine, so congrats. Brendan's Brendan's in the booth. Turn up turn up the headphones. That's it's a great bit from the show, Chappelle show. <sighs> so anyways, Jude, do you agree with that at all before we start shutting this down? Do you? Um, like, is there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, I, I understand the logic. I, I just, I, I default to, you know, to reality. Yeah, so what I think, what I think. Well, do. yeah. Well, see, that's that's where my uh, where me dabbling in chaos magic comes in handy here, <laughs> because if we talk about it enough, if we say it enough, uh, have a fucking sigil if you want. If you do it, say it enough, then it is reality. Perception becomes reality. If you say it enough, like if they just would have fucking had six extra points, this is a top ten, top five team. Whether they are or not, it doesn't make a difference. Right. If we just would have won that, they would have been there. So if you keep saying that enough, it goes out into the universe, and that becomes a thread that is needled and brought about, and whatever needles do, uh, <laughs> and it, it, it brings them up. So when voters go to vote, that that that's that, that's whispered in their ear. But when when have voters ever looked at Notre Dame? In that aspect, we were yeah. we were all there for 2019. Well, that's why I mentioned 2019. Yeah, but it, it, it did yeah, that Penn State team, that, did that Penn State team deserve to be ranked ahead of Notre Dame no, in 2019? No, what? No, you're. No, were, I've already made those arguments. I've already made those arguments. I'm not going to argue again because you already know my answers. But I will say, but your point being was that this is, although this looks exactly like 2019 right now, it is. Damn near the complete opposite because there is so much season left with so much more left. Right. Like Notre Dame just has to do what they have to do. But that's not going to be the week six rankings for the AP voters, which is my point. No, I it, don't think they're going to rank Notre Dame at three and two. I just don't think they're going to rank Notre Dame at three and two. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. Baylor's Baylor's ranked right now in the coaches' poll at three and two. So is Arkansas. 
Yeah, but it's because the coaches pulls drunk, and they gave him their name vote. Well, I mean, and look, to uh, to someone out there who's screaming about polls don't matter, no fucking shit. Uh, but it's it's what we have in front of us, uh, and this is what college football is all about, whether you like it or not. So Notre Dame might uh, be ranked in the coaches' poll, but absolutely not in the AP, AP poll. So which, absolutely. Which I do want to know that which week is it that that uh, uh, the playoff rankings come out for the first time? November fifth. It's, right. it's post. It's post Clemson game. I'm pretty sure it's post. The first, the first set of rankings come out right after the Clemson game. Pretty sure. Normally, like, it's, the, like it's the first. It's the first weekend it, or the first uh, Tuesday. The first Tuesday of, after uh, the first Monday. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. If Notre Dame, I'm gonna make a bold prediction. If Notre Dame wins, wins out through BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Stanford, or uh, Syracuse, Clemson. Notre Dame would be ranked 11th in the playoff. Maybe even ninth. First, first one's uh, November 1st. So right before the, uh, right oh, before so the. It's before that comes the game. Right, so, yeah. So the first playoff rankings come out. Notre Dame will, and this is, this will be interesting. Notre Dame will be 13th. If they beat BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, I predict Notre Dame will be 13th in the first playoff rankings. And if, and after they beat Clemson, um, probably climb up into, let's say eight or seven. But what's Josh, interesting is you're aware that if you were saying they're moving up into eighth and seventh, it, we'll see after the, cause I'm ready to have this conversation post BYU. I'm not ready to have it yet. Um, but you're aware of what you're saying, right? I am aware of what I'm doing. Yeah. Where's USC in that ranking, by the way? Well, they don't matter just yet. Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of curious where they're where they're kind of sitting at in the periphery. Look, I didn't write down every single fucking thing, but I've been right more times than I've been wrong about rankings over the last few years. I'm just I'm I'm a little bit interested. If you're talking about seven and eight Look, and you have an undefeated USC on the schedule. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think really, there's going to be an undefeated USC. I don't USC know. still, listen, in two weeks, USC has to play Utah. They do. And I don't think Utah's very good. I think, uh, but, I think Utah can beat, but I think that they kind of have a USC number. And it's in, and it's in the mountains. So no, there's that. Oh yeah, yeah it, it is, is in the mountains. It is in the, it's mountains. In the mountains. Yeah. Shit. They got fucking Washington state this weekend. So say goodbye to that undefeated ranking. That undefeated. Yeah. Ranking. We'll see. USC's we'll going see. down, y'all. USC's fucking going down. I, I'm a little bit what like like let me ask you this. Let's say USC is ten and one going into the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame is nine two going into the USC game. That's a little interesting, right? Spicy. I mean, it's interesting to say that uh who's gonna finish fifth in the playoff rankings. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which, and then I mean, we spend listen, all year talk, lamenting about that Marshall game. But Oh, for sure. But what's, but if you take that fifth ranking and you go to your BCS Bowl or New Year's Six, whatever you want to call it, and you win that, 
you're the third team and you finished third in the country, right? You do finish third in the country, God. which is the highest ranked Notre Dame's finished in uh, since what, 93? Just saying. Listen, oh my God. Why am I doing this? Because get out of the fucking toilet. Like, go get a bottle of gin and suck it down, you fucking posers. Buckle up. Quit bitching and whining. Quit quit sending me fucking DMs about Tobias Merriweather. I don't care. And just get fucking ready. This is college football. There is so much still to play for. There is it is all right there in front of them. Can they make it to the college football playoff? No. It is not gonna it is absolutely not one billion percent not gonna happen. But that don't mean we can't fuck shit up. And that is a beautiful thing. That actually takes some pressure off of it. You don't have to worry about the rankings anymore. You just gotta go out and do your thing. Then you're gonna go to you're gonna go play I don't know, fucking whoever, goddamn cotton bowl. Hell, you probably go to the Orange Bowl this this time around because you'll be the highest ranked non-ACC opponent. Well, maybe not because you still got Clemson to go to the Orange Bowl because they won't go in. You'll be you'll be in the Cotton. It's glorious. It's fine. Go finish the season ranked number three. That's good. Anyways, Jude. Yes. What do you got left for the take, bro? Excited to to see the pomp and circumstance that is Vegas. We still wish this game was being played in Provo, but uh, I will uh, jump on the the holy sham. Oh, oh let me let me uh, let me re up my annual grievance. The 2009 game against Washington State was called the San Antonio Showdown. The 2010 game against Army at Yankee Stadium had no name. They Notre Dame has has retconned two of those games into the Shamrock Series and claims a 10-0 record for Shamrock Series games when those weren't even called Shamrock Series games. And I always wonder yeah. what would have happened if they'd lost one of those games because they would have totally not brought that in. So that's uh, Also, what if there wasn't the backlash of the... It, it started with the Maryland uniforms, right? That's the mm-hmm. first time they started calling it Shamrock Series? Yep. Yeah. Like, and it was, it was right after people have bitched and pissed and moaned about the helmet. And then they're like, oh, no, this is what we do. This is the Shamrock series. Like, this is a thing you guys yeah, didn't know about. in 2009, this? they wore their totally normal uniforms for the Alamo Dog games. So. Right. Right. Didn't even put names in their jerseys. Dumb. <laughs> R.I.P. Dane They just called it barnstorming. They just called it barnstorming before. Stop letting Notre Dame sell that narrative. That's not true. They've never they've never played Washington State and Army in a Shamrock Series game. That's that's my rant. I'm done. Have a great week. See you all. I'm proud of you, Jude. What is that hot mic? Is there a semi running in the background? Not me. I'm not doing anything. Brendan, what do you got left in the tank, bro? Uh, I'm just looking at the ESPN playoff predictor, and they say that Texas has a 6% chance of making the playoffs at 3-2, and two, which is above <laughs> LSU's or, uh, 4-1 and one record. Oklahoma State is 4-0, and they're at 4%. Um, so I can't wait to see if Notre Dame is 3-2, and two, if they get on the old playoff predictor, and I can start plugging them in there uh, to, to see what we got here. Um they put Alabama so at 87. Seven to nothing. 
Just start doing that. Start winning games 70 to nothing. That's what you got. You're just pulling out the Texas card. You know, three and two, six percent chance of making the playoff. They they say that uh, teams with less than four percent chance to make the college football playoff are not included. And they said they are 14 teams with the highest percent chance. So if Notre Dame beats BYU, I don't see why Texas it's it, three and two can be included. And Notre Dame can't I uh, can't click on them for this uh, playoff predictor on the old ESPN uh, website here and see if I can't uh, can't get Notre Dame to, to show up because they say if Texas wins its conference title game. They have a 54% chance of making the playoff, which is absolutely absurd. But um, I can't wait to to click on Notre Dame next week. See, I feel like you're I feel like you're you're coming onto the party, Brendan. Yeah, you think this is crazy, but this is like like this is where the Buffaloes roam, man. This is like like I I'll play the role of Hunter Thompson and just come on board my my crazy fucking train. Uh, we got going, and I say where the Buffalo's room because that was a superior movie to Fear and Loathing, uh, by all measures. Uh, but yeah, just just embrace it. Get fucking get wild and weird with it. Texas is in the goddamn playoff predictor. They are in the playoff predictor, which is uh, absolutely absurd to me, having watched Texas <laughs> play football games. <laughs> Ah, it's glorious. Ah, well, I don't have a whole lot more left in my tank. It is quite empty. Um, I do have a uh, litigated fence update. Uh, it is over. It is done. The, the, fe- the fence is completed. Uh, everything is done. The, there is no more lawyers. Uh, there is no more money. There is no more anything. Uh, except for uh, dirty looks from one of the sons. <laughs> Every time he, he mows the yard like four times a week and bitches about having to not sell in the house because he has to mow the yard. I'm like, stop fucking mowing it. Like, you don't need to mow your yard four times a week. Yeah, I haven't mowed my yard in a fucking month. It hasn't grown. It's, it's the same height and it is green. Stop fucking mowing it. Uh, but yeah, so... So life update that that's uh that's taken care of that's good to go. So that's all I got left to my tank. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening, y'all. Reminder: get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Every review that you leave, we will read on the next OFD podcast. Um, just a quick, also another quick reminder. Uh. You can check out Homefield, homefieldapparel.com. Use the code one foot uh, to save 15% off your first order. They are dropping shit all the time now, just all the time. It's just it's Wild West over there. Gorgeous. Um, Wyoming collection coming out. Uh, Hicksville, ha- you know, uh, Garrett Crawl was a star defensive end at Wyoming uh, the last four years. Um, was an undrafted free agent with, for the Miami Dolphins. Didn't work out. And now he is going to be on the pit crew. Uh, for some, for some uh, racing team, I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, the Wyoming uh, collection coming out. Uh, the ECU Pirates one was, was Chef's Kiss. Check that out. 
uh, and whatever else. It's Christmas is coming up. You're going to need some shit. It's, it's, they're great Christmas presents. Um, everything else on the site, everything's back up and running. We are, we're past the bye week. We are no longer, uh, talking about cheeseburgers. We are eating burritos, um, and moving on with our lives and ready to watch Notre Dame, uh, finish out the season. Ranked number three in the country against all odds. And that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. All right, no one wants to rebut that, so we're good to go. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Irish.